Do we have any dreamers in the house? Any dreamers? Hey, we've got even more in the, in the second service than the first. Dreamers in the house, anyone carrying something in their heart? A God dream, something in you that you just know has got to get out of you and into the world. Uh, that God inspired, that God birthed dream to take the gifts and the resources that you have available and maybe you don't have available yet, but maybe God's going to give it to you in order to see this dream become a reality. This morning, I want to share a message called, Here Comes the Dreamer. Here Comes the Dreamer. It was a statement that was made by Joseph, um, his brothers in the Old Testament. He had these dreams, and uh, the dreams didn't go so down, down so well with his family, but he make, they, they made the statement, Here Comes the Dreamer. Now, it wasn't a positive statement. It wasn't a, here comes the dreamer. Yes, I am. You know, it was a, here comes the dreamer, the guy that we, we don't really like very much, and we don't like the dream that he's dreaming. And uh, today I want to encourage some dreamers this morning. See, Joseph had uh, brothers that uh, didn't like his dreams at all. In fact, so much so that they threw him in a pit. They sold him into slavery and, uh, and lied about it and basically told their father that he was dead. Anyone ever tried to sell a sibling, you know, in your lifetime? Anyone would like to sell a sibling, maybe? <laughs> maybe don't answer that one here this morning, especially if you're sitting beside them. Um, but I want to read uh, from Genesis chapter 37, and uh, we're going to go through a little bit of the journey of Joseph and how he managed to see his dream fulfilled at the end of his life. Genesis chapter 37, verse 1, Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. We dedicated Jacob this morning. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the son of Bilhar and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and he brought their father a bad report about them. Joseph was a little bit of a narc, maybe. Now, Joseph loved Joseph, now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made an ornate robe for him, or some of you may have known as the robe of many colors or the technicolor coat. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. How cool is that? His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And I hated him all the more. There's a lot of hate going on here because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream, and this one he kept to himself. No, he didn't. He told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream, and this time the sun and moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Come on, dreamers, would you pray with me this morning? <laughs> father, we thank you for the dreams that are in each one of us. God, there's some, some dreams today that, Lord, they, they, they probably lie a little shattered. God, I pray you breathe life into those dreams again for those dreams that haven't yet been fulfilled. Lord, for those that have been afraid to dream or step out, God, I pray for courage today. Lord, that the dream that's in your heart for us would come to fulfillment. We thank you for this time together. Amen. Amen. 
couple of weeks ago, I was, I was sharing on the topic of money, and I was sharing that my children aren't really motivated or driven by money. Now, I didn't intend to lie, but I, I might have got it a little bit wrong with one of them. Let me explain. Our, our kids came home with their yearbook um, from the school, and uh, all the year levels, the, the, the kids had quotes about them or, or quotes that they had made, and you know, kind of like a one-sentence summary of them. First one was, you know, Rosie is, is an encourager in class, and, and like, yep, that sounds about right. Josiah's read, I want to play for Liverpool. I'm like, yep, that would be right. And then Zoe, I read Zoe's one, I want to be a shopkeeper so I can make lots of money. I'm like... <laughs> Well, there's some ambition happening right there. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I, I ask this question of a lot of people, and especially children. What's your dream? What's your dream? How are you going to change the world? I think it's an important question to ask because I think we've got dreams inside of us that need to be fulfilled, and sometimes it just takes somebody asking that question to, to draw it out of you. I remember sitting on the steps of Kaitaia Intermediate. Kelvin Davis was actually the principal back then of uh, Kaitaia Intermediate, going back maybe 15 years ago. And I was sitting having this conversation with a couple of boys, and I said, well, what's your dream? How are you going to change the world? First one says, I'm going to be an all black. I said, what are you going to have to do to be an all black? I'm going to have to work hard. I'm going to have to eat right. I'm going to have to study. I'm going to have to do all those things. I said, you can do it. Turned to the other one, what's, what's your dream? How are you going to change the world? He said, I'm going to be on the dole like my mum and dad. And in that moment, that was like a life-changing moment for me. In that moment, I said, I said, that cannot be the dream of an 11-year-old boy. That's not the dream. Now, I appreciate the fact that in our nation, we, we have this opportunity to care for people who can't work and, and not able to. I know there's nations where none of this is possible or available. But if that's the dream in the heart of an 11-year-old, there's something wrong there. And I made a commitment in that day, that moment that I would live my life trying to see the dreams of others and yep, dig the gold out of them and help them find who they are, get people on my shoulders to discover what they carry. But I believe there's a dream in every single one of us that can be achieved if that dream is fully surrendered to God. If it's a God dream, nothing can stop a God dream. You know, the dream that's meant to be fulfilled You know, Psalm 139, 16 says, Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God's got a plan for our lives. He's got things that he wants us to achieve. And and, then these things, these dreams inside of us can become a reality. But I want to look at some of the lessons that we can learn from Joseph, the dreamer. See, when Joseph saw his dream fulfilled, it, it wasn't in the way he thought it would. And there were things that happened over Joseph's life that could have crushed the dream. And that thing that could have been may not have been had he not pushed through, had he not overcome those things and, and walked into the fulfillment of that dream. Because he followed through and he saw the dream become a reality, not only was him and his family, but the whole nation of Israel was saved because of it. My prayer today is that we would continue to dream Or maybe for some, it's an invitation to start to dream. That thing that's stirring within you, and I think there's some people here today, there's something stirring in you. Going, oh, I wonder what if. I wonder what if. I wonder if this could be a reality. So first things first, how do we work out whether it's a God dream or not? It's actually simpler than we think. Is this really God's heart? 
Well, when Jesus was asked, what's the most important commandment to follow? If you were to, if you were to look at all the commandments, all 600 plus commandments, which one is most important? Jesus replies, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. So everything you think, everything you do, all your actions, all your thoughts, all your beliefs, it is all tied into loving God and honoring God. He says, the second's like it, love your neighbor as yourself. You know, we kind of take care of ourselves. We think about ourselves probably more often than we probably should. But if we were to love our neighbor as we love ourselves and put God first in everything, we're probably going to be right on track to fulfilling a God dream. See, if my dream is just to satisfy my own desires, to make my will better but no one else's, then it's probably a selfish dream, not God's dream. So the first lesson we can learn from, from Joseph's life is that a dreamer overcomes criticism. A dreamer overcomes criticism. Joseph saw in his dream that he would become influential to the point where his family would bow down to him. Sadly, as he shared this dream, now I don't know whether it was arrogance or whether it was just confidence. I had this dream, guys, and I thought you'd like to hear it. They didn't. <laughs> But there was something in him that just, just like, hey, God showed me something. This is what my future is going to look like, and you're going to be a part of my future. <laughs> Not in the way they wanted it to be. But in this passage we've read, he, you know, the, the dream, it was two dreams, in fact, about his future. But the dream may have been lost in translation. What may have been a God dream was perceived as selfish ambition. Now, Paul tells us that we should do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others' needs greater than our own. If that is our heart, is that we're living our lives to bless and serve and love other people, then we're going to find ourselves in God's dream, God's plan for our lives. Now, let me just say, too, I don't think it's possible ever for our dreams to be fully understood by somebody else. Let's be honest, I'm, car- I'm carrying a dream in my heart that even my wife doesn't understand fully. Because it's mine to carry, it's not hers to carry. In the same way, there's dreams that you're carrying that no one's going to fully understand. No one's going to fully get what's going on inside of you and what's, what you're processing. But the great thing about community is God takes one dream, connects it to somebody else's dream, and, and those dreams are supposed to walk hand in hand. And when you get two dreams lining up like a couple heading in the same direction towards God's plan and purpose, they come together and become one. Wow, that's unstoppable. God's plan and purpose for a husband and wife to walk towards that dream, that goal together. What a gift. What a blessing to the world. But it's hard to walk together, right? Can't even work out our own dream, let alone try and get a dream together. But an encouragement, I hope, hopefully for someone, for a couple maybe struggling, just, just trying to get that marriage on track. Trust God. Trust God. Joseph could have been a little wiser in the way he kind of processed his dreams. Maybe he could have learned from the first time that his brothers weren't so stoked on the first report. And he had a second dream. Maybe if he'd just kind of gone to dad and said, hey, dad, you know what? I had another dream. The first one didn't go down so well with my brother's but I'll share it with you. Maybe had he gone with that, he might not have ended up in the pit. But there was something in him, he just, he had to share it. But Joseph had a dream and he was prepared to deal with the taunts. Here comes the dreamer. Here comes the dreamer. 
So here's my thought. If we're going to overcome or process criticism, I think it's helpful to find a dream champion. I think it's good to have a dream champion. Who's that person in your world that knows about your dream? Someone wiser, somebody with great insight, somebody who can kind of help you navigate the dream and, 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 and take your next steps. I've, I've had the privilege over, over many years of, I guess, being a dream champion for a number of people. A number of friends have said, oh, I've got this idea. I don't even know if it's a God thing, but I just feel like maybe God's in this. Maybe he's not. As we've talked and we've prayed and we've talked and, and kind of walked it out. I've just been able to ask questions and, and help kind of refine that, that goal. Sometimes, Amy and I have been in a position where we've been able to invest in some of these with our time or maybe even with our resources. I love seeing somebody have a dream and see that dream fulfilled. I've got a, fr- a good friend at the moment who's going through the, the expensive part of the dream. You know that investment part where you don't know whether you'll make any money back off the end of this dream? <laughs> but there's a full financial investment in order to get that thing over the line. Come on, somebody's had that dream before. Somebody started a business. Somebody's thinking or dreaming or believing to start a business, and you know the investment that it's going to take to get that over the line. Who are the wise voices that are speaking into your life? I love Proverbs 27, 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. I don't need friends that will tell me that I'm amazing. I don't need any of those people in my life. I need the people who will tell me honestly, Hey, Mike, you did good today. Well, Mike, you missed the mark. I've got a bunch of guys that I meet with in my small group. I'm so blessed by having them around my, my life. I've got a local leadership team that speak into my world, our staff and interns. You know, I, I just love the people that, are, that I'm surrounded by who will speak into my world, call me out when I've got it wrong. But I also encourage, come on, Mike, be brave, be courageous, take us where we need to go. We need to have those people in our life. And as adults, I believe we've got a wonderful opportunity to speak into the dreams of the next generation. You know, I I just think of our kids and what they carry in their hearts, the dreams that have been crushed by an adult's words. Oh, no, you can do something different than that. Oh, don't set your sights too high. Don't want to be disappointed. You know, the words that have crushed dreams over the years. Come on, I want to be the other way around. I want us to go for it. You know, go for it. Give it a shot. I sat down with Josiah. like, all right, you want to play for Liverpool? What are you going to need to do? He's going to eat his veggies, all right? We'll get that one over the line, yeah. We're thinking we might introduce a little uh, yellow card, red card discipline system at home. We've just got a bit of attitude coming. So, hey, yellow card. Three yellow cards is a suspension of some sort. So we're, we're, working, on, we're working on a plan, <laughs> But I realize that actually the dreams often in our kids result in being careers for them, don't they? There's something that's kind of stirring within them. See, I, I, I dug a little deeper with Zoe with a shop dream. I'm like, okay, so why does my daughter want to be wealthy? Why does she want all this money? She says, Dad, I want to own a life-saving shop. She's been eating lifesavers. I wonder whether there's a little bit of inspiration there, but she wants to own a life-saving shop because I was talking about how you've know, got the life-saving rings because that's why they look like the lolly and throw it out there and, and somebody can be saved. She wants to own a life-saving shop so she can basically sell these life-saving equipment so that she can save lots of people. I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh, okay. But you know what? There's that heart of compassion there. You look at, you look at the, the, the child that, 
ends up becoming a teacher because they've just got a heart to serve others, got a real compassion to teach and, and, and grow somebody. What about the person that um, sees injustice in the playground and ends up going into law? What about the person that you know, just sees somebody hurting and that compassion gift just reaches out and says, can I help? And they end up going into medicine or counseling. You know, those dreams that are in the heart of a child. And, and look, they can change from a policewoman to a shop owner in the space of one lunchtime. Come on. You know, but there's something in them that we can pull out, we can grow, we can develop. When we were youth pastors in Kaitai, I remember a 16-year-old young, young guy come and made an appointment. He says, what, what do I do with my career? Uh, I've got some options. I could hear, hear yeah, and he was smart. He, he did really well at school, and he could go in any direction he wanted, truly. But he's like, what do I do? I, I, I'm not sure. So over the process of an hour, we just talked and asked questions, and you know, what are the things that you're good at? What are the things that, that actually really excite you? And, and as he talked it through, it was the, the, thing, the very thing that actually was in his heart to do anyway, which was to be a doctor. So he, he went and he pursued medicine. Um, he's still studying 15 years on. He's at the top of his field. He's now overqualified. He's trying to find a job now. It's like, I'm sorry, you're too qualified. I don't know how you could ever be too qualified for anything. Seriously, I mean, wouldn't you want that person for anything? Even sweeping a floor? I mean, yes. <laughs> but there's something about him that, you know, he's managed to get out on the mission field. They're married now, and they've got an amazing family. And she's a doctor as well, and they went over and served overseas and gave their time and resource fulfilling God's dream for their life. Now, his brother, completely different story. He, he went and he, he was, he was you know, pursuing a career in law. He was at the top of his field and had this wonderful opportunity. He found himself on the other side of the world with everything the world would offer him. That was success. The girls, the gold, the glory. You know, we're talking it all. And at that point, God spoke to him and says, I want you to go home because this isn't what I've got for you. He met an amazing woman. They got married, got two gorgeous boys, part of our church family. And I hear things throughout the week, and I hear people talk about him as a lawyer, the justice, the righteousness, the standard of, of, of holiness on his life as he administers cases and the, and the care. Just amazing. The fulfillment of God's plan and purpose in his life. You know, tonight we have a special opportunity at our combined prayer meeting. We've got all of our combined churches coming together. Every month we meet, and uh, they're, they're, they're coming here. We're hosting them. And our theme for tonight is praying into the next generation. We're praying for children and young people. So bring your kids, bring your young people. Come on out. We want to pray for them. We want to pray for teachers. We want to pray for educators. We want to pray for people who are investing in the next generation. Let's prophesy over our next generation and speak into the dreams that are in their hearts. So if you can come out tonight, please come and be an encouragement to the next generation. If it's not for you, it's for them. Second thing we see in Joseph's life is that a dreamer overcomes obstacles. How many people have had obstacles put in the way of their dreams? Big old boulders that you can't bust through. Sometimes uh, we've got to remember that greatness doesn't come easy. Those great dreams never come easy. The greatest inventions come through trial and error, passionate commitment, sacrifice, overcoming trials and failures. And dreams are often derailed because a challenge seems too hard or impossible. The reasons why not seem to outweigh the reasons why. But if it's a God dream, nothing can stop a God dream. Nothing can stop a God dream. 
Miles Monroe once wrote, the richest place in a city is a cemetery where every unfulfilled dream is buried. That's a sobering thought right there. The, the amount of dreams that went to the grave. Because, you know, some of these questions, this has never been done before. Come on, who, who said that just before they invented something? <laughs> if I don't have the resource, I don't have the resource to make it happen. Come on, that's a pretty decent reason. But is it good enough to not go through with a dream when we serve in a, a God of abundance who has infinite resource that can provide everything we need for his glory? What if I fail? My motto is just give it a shot anyway. What's the worst? You fail. Failure is not final if we kind of get back up again and we have another shot. We learn, we grow. You know, what about this rock, this obstacle that's been in my way for 10 years? I can't budget, it's not moving. Well, I'd say just push against it and just keep pushing and pushing and leaning and trusting that this is what God's asking you to do. And I reckon 10 years, you're going to be a little bit stronger. Even if you've got to push against it for a whole, lot, you know, whole so many years, I'm just going to push against it. I'm going to get stronger. I'm going to grow stronger. The challenge brings about perseverance. It brings about character. Joseph had to walk through this journey of character development. He had to cope with the criticism. You know, Joseph, his dream of his family bowing down to him, it took a pretty awful turn. <laughs> he found himself being thrown into a pit sold into slavery, finds himself growing again, you know, giving opportunities to serve in Potiphar's house, and then Potiphar's wife gets her eyes on him and says, I think I might want to sleep with you. He runs. Joseph runs. He didn't go, oh, no, I'll just hang around for a little while. He gapped it as quick as he could. He fled from that temptation. He was accused of rape, thrown in prison. It's like the dream's gone. But through faithfully serving, interpreted some dreams in prison, he found himself back in this place, this, this position of power and influence again. He had to cope with the criticism. He had to overcome the obstacles. And my third thought as the team come today is a dreamer trusts God's plan. A dreamer trusts God's plan. What, what, what do I mean by that? Well, when I hit the obstacle, when the obstacle's in front of me, You've got to trust that God's got a way to get us around it, over it, under it, maybe through it. Or maybe saying, God, saying, just, just lean against it, push against it. Well, just stand there sometimes, he says, because I'm going to move it for you. But don't flee from the plan. God does have a plan. See, Proverbs 16, 9, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps really felt this morning as I was praying that there's somebody that you're, you're almost into a decade of, of waiting for this, this, this dream, and, and, and it hasn't budged. just feels like it's never going to move. I just believe God wants to encourage you today. Say, I've got a plan, and it's a good plan, and I'm going to order your steps in this next season in a way you haven't seen it before, to see this plan fulfilled. Trust God's plan. What I've witnessed in my own life and watching others is that sometimes God dreams don't happen in the time frame we expect. In fact, most of the time when it comes to the God dreams, 
we get the timing completely wrong. (laughs) And we get so focused on the when that we miss the now. And I found myself, I mean, any impatient dreamers out there? (laughs) Anyone? It's like, oh, come on, this should be happening sooner than it is. And God says, I've got a plan. Here's your next step. Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path, which means that all I need is one step. Then I open his word again and he's going to give me another step and another step and another step. And then one day we look up and we look around and we go, wow, this is what I dreamed about. By faithfully stepping day after day into the things that God would have for us. As a couple, Amy and I, we had this dream to have kids and we were impatient dreamers. We had 300 kids to look after on a Sunday in our kids' ministry. We're kind of missing the very fact that, wow, what a gift in front of us to invest and sow into them. We wanted to be where we weren't. And yet we made that decision, God, if this is us and this is where we are right now and this is what it's going to look like, then we're going to invest in this next generation anyway. If we're not there yet, Trust that God's okay with that. That it may just be a matter of time. Joseph's story comes to an amazing conclusion. As through getting back to God's plan, overcomes criticism, the delays, the disappointment, continues to faithfully serve. He finally gets out of prison again through an interpretation of uh, the dream. He's able to, to serve and say, actually, there's going to be a famine coming, but there's going to be seven years of plenty first. Again, two dreams. Two dreams the first time, two dreams the second time. There's going to be a seven years of just abundance. Then there's going to be seven years of famine. In that, we're going to have to have a plan. Anyone got a plan? Joseph says, I've got a plan. I know what we need to do. Well, you're it. You're now the second most powerful person on the planet. <laughs> and through that, Joseph found himself in this place of, wow, this dream is maybe becoming a reality, but still not his family in sight. So he finds himself in this position, and then his family turn up one day. So not only are they saving you know, the surrounding you know, community, but nations came because of Joseph's leadership, the plan, the dream. So now his brothers are bowing before him. Let's read Genesis 50, 18 to 21. His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. I'm like, here's the dream fulfilled. Woo-hoo! Except that wasn't his response. 17-year-old Joseph might have gone, yes, told you, on you. Yeah, come on. It's like, told you, you didn't believe me. But this isn't Joseph's response. In fact, when he saw it becoming a reality, he went and hid and wept. Because the fulfillment of the dream, something had shifted in him and as a person. Delays in God result in character development. I believe Joseph gained wisdom 
and humility. Wisdom. Wisdom isn't just knowing what to say. Joseph learned how and when to speak. Learned to measure his tongue, to speak at the right time. But then there was humility because when his brothers were finally there in front of him, listen to his response. Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then, don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke, I like this word, kindly to them. Because earlier on, they couldn't say one kind word to him. But he turned it all around with kindness. When there's a delay, let's stick to the plan. Dreams are fulfilled if we stick to the plan. I truly believe we can be confident if our dream is surrendered to God. God doesn't waste an hour, doesn't waste a day, doesn't waste a decade. What He may be doing is aligning your dream with another dream. I've got a friend, three years ago, I sat in his place. He was living alone, had a dream to, to one day be married. And he said, when's it going to happen, Mike? I said, I've had some opportunities, but it just hasn't worked out. I, I said, delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of, of your heart. And he did. He just continued to press in again, trusting God. Three years on, he's now married to the most amazing woman who was also on her very own long journey to find herself to this place. <laughs> just had a beautiful son today living out the fulfillment of God's plan and purpose not in the timing they sought but in the timing that God had it's hard but if we can trust God's plan he will bring it to fulfillment if we would remain in that place of surrender give the dream over and we might need to continue to give that dream over but God is in it I believe there's dreams in in each of us. Maybe for some of you, you need to find a dream champion. You need to find somebody that's going to speak into your dreams. Someone's going to encourage you. Barnabas, like in the word, an encourager. Someone who'll call it for what it is. Not tell you that you're just amazing, but that actually they'll speak into those dreams and help you unpack those things. It's really helpful in a small group. Great way to, to find people that will walk the journey with you. But you know, there's, a, there's another man that had a dream. <laughs> His name is Jesus. Do you know what his dream was? You and me. The Bible says, for the passion set before him, Jesus endured the cross. The passion was us. The passion was humanity separated from God, coming in right relationship with God again. That is what he offered. And he endured the cross. He endured the obstacles, the criticism, the shame, the intense pain, the crucifixion. It was man's best creation of pain. They, 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 they tried to create the most painful way to die. That's crucifixion. And Jesus, even wrestling with it in the garden, with the human aspect of who he was, fully God, but also fully human, he still had choice in all of this. And he chose to endure the cross to go through crucifixion 
for you and for me so that we could be right with God. Today I want to offer a gift called salvation. It's not me, but it's a, it's a, it's a gift that is given by God in and through Jesus Christ. I want to pray a prayer and invite you to pray this prayer, to ask God to forgive our sins, the things that have separated us from God, to receive forgiveness for those, to be able to walk in right relationship with God again, to forgive us from our past, give us hope today, an incredible future and an eternity with Him. So if you wouldn't mind just bowing your head, just a moment for you. This is you and God right now. If you're prepared to pray this prayer, don't you pray it out loud or you can pray it in your heart. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for me. Thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. I turn from my old way of living and ask you to forgive me. I give my life to you and thank you for this gift of salvation. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed, every eye closed. If you pray that prayer, maybe for the first time, Maybe you're returning to God, you've been away, and and you know what? Your life isn't right with Him. But you prayed that prayer in your heart and you meant it. We want to connect with you and help you take your next step. Every head bowed, eye closed. On the count of three, would you put your hand up and say, Yes, I prayed that prayer? One, God loves you. Two, He's got a plan and a purpose He wants to work out in your life. And three, right across this place, if you prayed that prayer of salvation, why don't you just put your hand up now? Anyone here today? Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for all the dreamers, all those carrying a dream in their heart. Lord, I pray that they wouldn't quit. They wouldn't step down from that dream, but they would continue to walk faithfully with that dream surrendered to you. Lord, that you would do great and mighty things in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.